The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Matt, on the show with us right now on the Divinity Equipment phone. I really do appreciate his time. Hey, Matt, I appreciate some time here today. And what feels like, I just kind of want to say hallelujah, it's finally game week in, in these parts. You know what I mean? Isn't it true? Yeah. yeah. Boy, it's been a long walk in the desert, hasn't it? Yeah. Longer yeah. than usual, even. We can't, uh, we can't kick this thing off fast enough. Yeah. Um, which game you headed to this weekend? We've got a good one this weekend. We've got the prime game. Uh, South Carolina hosting our friends from Knoxville, Tennessee. See where these two teams are to start this season out. See if Tennessee finished. They're going to pick up to where they they left off last year and whether or not South Carolina can get the ship turned around. So it'll be uh, one of the more compelling matchups of week one, I think. What's the – what can you tell us about the – quarterback situation at South Carolina and I know you're not up there and hadn't seen the game yet I guess all we have is a, a depth chart I see the name Colin Hill I just don't know a lot about him yeah well you know he's a South Carolina kid uh that Bobo um recruited that state pretty well when he was out in Colorado State Mike Bobo being the new offensive coordinator of South Carolina former head coach of Colorado State quarterback at Georgia longtime coordinator at Georgia um, he's in South Carolina now, and Colin Hill and Adam Prentice, incidentally, his fullback at Colorado State. There's fullbacks in college football still, and South Carolina will have one this year. Yeah. Um, they kind of followed him over there to Columbia. And truth is, Colin Hill getting that job wasn't that surprising. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Helensky didn't finish the year very well, got forced into service early when Jake Bentley got injured in the opener. And, um, you know, it just didn't... Uh, didn't work out that well for him down the stretch. And Colin Hill, he's familiar with what Bobo wants to be on offense and has been for four years now. Um, he's got, I think, three ACL surgeries under his belt. So he's certainly got some some uh, determination and perseverance to him. But more than anything else, I think it's familiarity with this system um, and what they want to be offensively. And right now, that's what South Carolina needs more than anything else is confidence. Uh, because they were not a confident football team. They were not a confident offense a season ago, and they need to get this thing started out on the right foot, even if it doesn't end in a win. They need to look like they know what they're doing on that side of the ball, something you couldn't say about them a year ago. Sure. Now, Matt, um, you and Mike Bobo were teammates, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Y'all weren't the same age, were you? No, he – I want to say – Mike is – he got to Georgia a year ahead of me. Okay. So he's a year older than me in football years, but he looks about 10 years older than me in <laughs> walking around years. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, and it's interesting how you can speak to – I guess there's a segue there, how you were in the huddle with him some, and I keep hearing about how he's going to – which is oddball nowadays – he's actually going to huddle up some on offense mm-hmm. and slow it down? He, not only is he going to. Yeah, not, not only is he going to huddle, but every once in a while, you know, he uses a fullback. I mean, it really is, yeah. for us old-timers, mm-hmm. That's uh, it's going to look like how football used to be played, which, as uh, you and I both know, as observers of the game, that's quite the change-up pitch these days. Right. 
you mess around and huddle up. There's only a few places that do that anymore. Georgia's maybe one of the last bastions of the huddle. And uh, to stick a fullback on the field, my <laughs> goodness. that's uh, yeah. People might think it's an illegal formation or something. Well, and you know, think about this, Matt. It might even be like an interesting case study for somebody when they have time. When Dan Mullen took the Mississippi State job, I'm using it for an example because I'm familiar. You know, the first spring, everybody talked about, okay, here comes offense, Florida's offensive coordinator. And they sold it. They even gave the spring game a name. It was called Spread the Fun, okay? <laughs> because it was good. we're going to spread the field and we're going to have offense, right, for the first time ever because they didn't score any points under Sylvester Croom and all this. And we know that Dan has success. But if you go look, 2009, 2010, and mm-hmm. I think even in 11, 12, they're running zone read with a fullback. They had lead blockers. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. you know, it was one of those things, too, like you go back and it, they were very successful with it, especially using it as a changeup and short yardage stuff. They gave it to a fullback. And one guy's a guy named Sylvester Hemphill, who's now a high school head coach. Another was a guy named Patrick Hanrahan, who was like one of these first off the bus kind of guys, you know, and, and a tough mm-hmm. guy. And I just think, you know, in the, it, we've got such a, Everybody's running spread concepts. Everybody's running zone run stuff. There's got to be a way to use a fullback effectively, and I'm really interested to see it. I know you are too. Me too, and I don't think they're going to live in it, but I can't. I, I do think that it'll be a, a part of it. It may become a staple. Yeah. And you know, you got to recruit to what most people are doing, and if you're recruiting to what most people are doing, you got to have space players, guys that can run, guys that can cover ground, guys that can. Uh, play in coverage and flex out if they need to out of the box from tackle to tackle and play in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regular personnel isn't regular anymore, meaning four bigs and four down linemen and, and three linebackers or, you know, three down linemen and four linebackers. That's just not a thing anymore. Usually you live in sub packages, nickel packages and mm-hmm. sometimes even dime. And you've recruited these kind of smaller uh, linebackers and guys that are hybrid types, maybe inflated safeties. Well, you mess around and start jumping in, you know, uh, 12 personnel, mm-hmm. 21 personnel. People are like, uh, uh, wait a minute, two tights and a, and a back or two backs and a tight. Yeah. And that's quite a curveball, especially when one of them is basically an additional lineman and you don't know where he's going to add to the uh, line of scrimmage. He's going to add it to the left or he's going to add it to the right. Either way, we're picking up a blocker. Sure. So all that stuff is, um, to me, um, it can be an advantage. You probably can't live in it, um, but uh, you know, there's certainly ways that you can implement it and create some advantages for yourself from a personnel standpoint because defenses just aren't recruited and built to handle that anymore. Right. Matt Stench, come on your radio right now. Y'all give him a follow on Twitter if you don't already. He's at mstench79, um, former first-round pick out of Georgia, and analyst now ESPN and the SEC Network. So you've got that game, Tennessee, South Carolina. What do you, um, what do you make of this uh, kind of unknowns on both sides matchup between Mississippi State and LSU on Saturday? Well, I like Mississippi State in that game. I really do, um, and it's it's more born of um, or it's as much, I should say, anyway, of what um, LSU isn't this year, as much as it uh, what MSU might be. Uh, I don't, 
I don't really know. We haven't seen it, right? We have a real good idea, and I know you've got your finger on the pulse out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with LSU, with just the outright attrition, and I know that they've recruited well, et cetera, um, but this is a crazy year, and this was going to be a an entirely different year, I think, for LSU regardless, even pre-COVID, yeah. um, because of the amount of talent that was hemorrhaged out of that program. Um, I, I'm frankly floored that they are perceived as highly as they are. To even warrant, or not warrant, but garner a first-place vote in the AP poll is, to me, just absurd. Um, now, they could prove to be a, a really good football team, but just the amount of talent that they lost to the NFL, to graduation, um, and now to opt-outs, mm-hmm. you look around and you're going, yes, I hope they've recruited well. That's a lot of guys that are unproven commodities. Um, and you could say that in, in parts uh, in the Mississippi State roster, but not nearly to the extent of LSU. There's not a team in the country that returns fewer returning starters than Louisiana State University with five. And that's including if they get this Shelvin kid back there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next closest is eight, I believe. I mean, they just, it's an entirely overhauled program. You got Ed Ogeron, a couple of new coordinators, basically, and a bunch of new faces on the field. Yeah. Go get them, boys. And they might be really good. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but I like Mississippi State among the potential upsets. I think that one is the game to watch. I think we'll learn the most about really both those teams if they remain intact um, going forward um, from that opener as we will from any of the other games that we'll have on Saturday. Really interesting stuff. Matt Stenchcomb on your radio right now. While we're talking here, Matt, uh, a lot of the media people who follow the league are tweeting out, the way the votes came in, you know, the SEC didn't have media days, so they asked people to send in their votes among media for the teams. Now, it's just media stuff. They generally get it wrong. But uh, I, I, should, I said they. Maybe I should say we because I've been a part of it also. Yeah, but, we. Yeah, I guess we're in there. <laughs> yeah, but they've got Eastern Division here. The media says number one, Florida, uh, in, finishing first in the East with 624 votes, just ahead of Georgia, with 613. What do you make of that? Well, it just shows how much weight people put on the quarterback position. Hmm. Um, And you could easily say, I think, that it just shows um, how much of a bunch of treetoppers we all are in the media. (laughs) Um, Because what's the easiest thing to do? You look at the head coach, the coordinators, and the quarterback. You like them, you don't like them, and so goes the rest of the team, which is a gross oversimplification. But I will say, um, it would have been fascinating to run like a mirror poll with the uh, Jamie Newman kid still on the roster at Georgia and whether or not that would have uh, uh, leveraged Georgia into the number one spot yeah. and how you know speculative even that is. Because you look at the Newman kid and uh, there's no doubt seemingly a talented guy didn't perform that great versus the better competition that he faced when he was at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Put up some really good numbers versus other teams. Um, but I dare say that the defenses that uh, he'd be seeing, albeit with, a, I think, a vastly more talented roster, even with the new faces at Georgia, uh, the defenses are markedly better that he'll be facing this year than uh, the ones that he saw 
while he was spending time in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So yeah. um, who knows? I, I will say that it does seem as if, um, from a consistency and a cohesion standpoint, you look at Florida, same faces and coordinators. Um, Kyle Trask played admirably uh, last year, played well. Um, looks to take the next step there. they got plenty of new faces as well, especially out wide um, and in the backfield, but that offensive line's intact. they got an unbelievable weapon in that Pitts kid at mm-hmm. tight end. Yeah. Um, and a defense that's got talent and, and uh, I think has a chance to take a, the next step on that side of the ball, although they, they lost some, especially some juice up front on their defensive front, but you know, I could see how they get there with Florida. I just think it's fascinating that if you put Newman's name back on that Georgia roster, I'd be floored if they weren't picked to win the East. Mm-hmm. And and that leads me to Munkin, uh, Todd Munkin, the OC there at Georgia. I'm just curious for you, like, are you familiar with him? Have you been able to kind of follow him over the years? And, and with what we know about him, we followed him here when he was the head coach at Southern Miss, you know. I'm just kind of curious – what you think about that transition into a little bit more of an opened-up style of offense at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because he's, he gets that air raid label. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know well, gosh, y'all know, with, with Coach Leach being there in, uh, at Starville and, and there in Mississippi. But um, I just, you know, the air raid label to me has become so diluted or overused or maybe diluted, D-E-L-U-D-E-D, because you think, my gosh, guys, there can only be so much air raid offense out there. And it's funny, these offenses don't look a lot alike, yeah. a lot of them. I mean, they've got some concepts, but my God, I mean, is it air raid? So, you know, with Munkin, I thought it was always interesting, you know, have really productive tailbacks when he's at Southern Ness, um, uh, markedly so. Um, you know, obviously the Nick Mullins kid, uh, lit it up at quarterback, but I think that where it'll really see his influence is the verticality of the passing game, or at least the intent to get it vertical. Um, take some more shots downfield, which wouldn't be hard to do relative to what Georgia did a season ago, because my gosh, was that a buttoned up, um, uh, highly conservative passing game, mm-hmm. um, to where, um, I think that element will show. You know, it'll be curious to see, you know, uh, formationally, you know, what is he going to end up choosing to live in, especially knowing that um, they have talent on that roster, tons of new faces over there, too, a receiving court that has to emerge. The offensive line's largely reimagined. Um, obviously, quarterback position has been unsettled for longer than most would ever want, um, albeit uh, it should have a significant run element to it with the Mathis kid if, in fact, he ends up getting the nod, which it looks like he will. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, I, I don't know. Other than that piece of it where, you know, every once in a while that defense has just got to see the ball go over their head a couple of times just so they know that you can put it out there, That's even right. if you're not completing it. Mm-hmm. And um, Georgia didn't. It was, it was remarkable. You got to where you're just counting up plays to see how long before they just send one down there. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like simulating punt cover in practice, just send one down there. Yeah, um, he'll do that. I think. And I think Georgia's got a couple of guys can, that will be able to stretch. Obviously, the Pickens kid, um, but the Kyrus Jackson kid in the slot as well. Yeah, could be a weapon. So we'll see how it manifests itself. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of the right how it manifests because it'll take a little while for it to 
you know, get whipped into shape, you would think, given what we've had or haven't had in the offseason. Matt, really appreciate the time. It always goes by quickly when you're on here, and I would just like to say ha- game week, holla dad gum luya. I can't spell that, but I know what it means. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That's, that's XB Alex, fragile lipstick or whatever. <laughs> you sound like Mary Poppins right there. That's it. Pretty close. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. That's Matt Stinchcomb. One of those big guys in the trenches, offensive former offensive lineman in the College Football Hall of Fame. And now on your TV, he'll be calling South Carolina, Tennessee this weekend. More with you next in the Farm Bureau studio.